0: The number 1 financial destination. yahoo finance.com.
1: What's good internet? It is June 23rd, 2017. You are listening to Waypoint Radio episode 74. I'm here in Lobby One, Brooklyn, New York. It is humid, it is sweaty. A little
2: muggy out there.
1: It is muggy. What's your favorite? It was... What's your favorite word for when it's gross outside?
2: I like muggy. Muggy is because it feels like you're being mugged by the air.
1: Daniel Riendo's favorite word for being for being gross outside: muggy. Muggy. Rob Zachney calling in from Los Angeles, where it's probably not very humid. What's your favorite word for a gross northeastern or south or, or the south gets like very oh, yeah. muggy? The humidity. Uh, the humidity is
3: through the roof. What you, What's your favorite humidity word? I mean, muggy is the word, though. It's the perfect word. Like because it's. You know, it's, there's a little <sighs> bit of like smothering to it as well, like mm. you're being mugged, but, I but like, also just I like, like Theoretically, it feels like yeah,
1: um. yeah, muggy, yeah, totally muggy. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm here. I'm looking at a, a, a thesaurus website. I'm not gonna say which one. We're not, we're not sponsored by any thesaurus website. <laughs> this one says we, we definitely
3: human. aren't. After you shot me down using purloin in an article,
1: <laughs> I like purloin. I like all of your words that no, are synonyms no, for other words. Not enough. Listen, a lot of people be like Purloin, Is that some sort of like Pokemon? It's like some yeah, sort purloin. of yeah,
2: Perloin. It's it's a little bit. It's like a lion.
1: Is, well, so I've actually have this. I've actually designed. Okay. This is not a joke. Per lion I've already designed is uh, is a lion that's also a toilet because that to me is like the extension of what Pokemon is doing. This isn't a joke. I drew this forever ago. You have a lion toilet on Snap Snap, not Snapchat. Snap Swap Note the swap old note. 3ds. Yes, it it's like a, a porcelain lion. Get it, a
2: porcelain lion. Yeah, her lion. Right,
1: Pokemon.
3: Have Is that like an it. aesthetic goal for you? Like, did you draw that out? And you're like, someday, someday, we'll yeah. Hit the big I mean, time.
2: I'll
1: be honest. I'm a terrible artist. Like, I am like <laughs> the like, complete garbage because I've never put any effort or time or practice into being good at those art. Takes things, I guess. Um, yeah. and yeah, it does. It turns <laughs> out. And uh, but I drew a really good toilet lion. And felt good about it, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, this is, that's it." So anytime I hear "perloin," pr- as in, as you in, think of it. to steal something, the thing that pops into my head, it makes me feel good. It's a word I like. This is my point. I think about the <laughs> the, the toilet lion, what steals things. So
2: I really get the the lion part of this. You know, yeah. the purr, and also sounds a little bit like yeah. lion. Where did porcelain. the toilet – oh, porcelain. porcelain. It's also porcelain. It's, it's a like a double, porcelain lion. It's a porcelain lion. lion I get also it. It's That's a purring lovely. lion, but
1: also it's a lion that steals things.
2: I, it's like it steals your poop. It steals your poop. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. That's what's going on. Hey, what? All yeah. Right. Okay. I feel
1: all right. I feel relieved.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's actually a really nice Pokemon because it steals yeah. something you don't want. You
1: don't want your poop. It yeah. does. It'll take care of It'll it. It'll like
2: me. be very happy. I need to about find this
1: image now. I think Steve Kim Fobwashed <laughs> has a, a photo of it for some reason.
2: Oh, good. Good. Really happy about that. Yeah.
1: That's times. I've never times are weird in the days of, in in the days of Swap Note, which was do people know what Swap Note yeah, was? I remember. Okay. For people who don't remember, it was a it was an application that was on the 3DS that you just like swap notes with your buds on You could like doodle. On, you a doodle and doodle yeah. and then they send that doodle off. And it felt cool because they were like really low stakes. So for me it was yeah. like, oh I'll fuck around and draw some bullshit. And I don't normally do that because it's like, oh, this is I'm not going to put this out in the world. But for this, it was like, oh, I'll just send it to Janine and Steve Kim, yeah. and they're like, lol, that's a good <laughs> fucking toilet line, Austin. Anyway,
2: I'm really proud of you. It sounds like it went really well. And Then they stopped
1: Swapnote, and I stopped drawing. I haven't drawn anything since. That's not true. I draw maps all the time, but that's it. Swap Swapnote was shut down because Nintendo claimed. Children. Oh, well, I think we
3: now you, know why right? it was shut down. Like <laughs> we I don't, know think, what I don't think there's a big mystery right. left the to speak. the death of Swapnote.
1: The peak was my toilet lion, and they're like, "Fuck it, man, like, we we got it. Shut it down. We need no evidence for when for when Pearl Lion is uh, in the next uh, Pokemon well, that's game. That's the thing, yeah. Uh, Mr. Exactly. Mr. He's be Mr. A Philamy,
3: uh you need to, you need to see this. Um, I'm very sorry, but uh, it appears to be some sort of lion that that you poop into. You
1: poop into, and it
3: consumes it, but also steals it. Oh, we got no, we got this has got to go. This shut is, it down.
1: Was this sent to children?
3: Yeah, Not yet. We can't risk it. Just recall the entire run.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have to release a new, le- is it in 3D? No. Oh, well, We need a different uh, 3DS model that where this line will never be in 3D, just in case. Oh, 2DS, God. make it.
2: Yeah, well, we I guess a- they had to cancel Pokemon Purloin and Fox. I mean, like, I was really looking forward to that game, but it ain't going to happen. What was that the second one? Fox. Spell that one out. S-N-A-R-T. Uh-huh. F O X
1: Snart Fox.
3: Uh oh. Just tell me? <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> no, tell me about. You know, I, think, fox. I, think no, I, I think I, I can, can abstra- extrapolate, up. but I need Danielle to. Okay. Not because I don't know, but because we share. Uh-huh. Is, uh huh.
2: Is part pig, part fox, uh huh, and part bidet. That's how it works.
1: No, I I know what it is. I, I don't, don't know how it works. Okay. Where's the fox part? Where's the pig part? It's part fox. No, but where in the design?
2: Well, okay, it has like, a fox tail. It has a fox
1: tail. Okay, but not like a fox face. It has no, a pig face? No, no, it face. has more of
2: a pig face. It doesn't yeah. have
1: like a, like a pig
2: tail? <laughs> like I mean, it swirls face? a little bit, but it's more of a foxy, like, like a it's a bushy fluffy... tail. Yeah, exactly. At least it's very, it's very, uh, it's a very special Pokemon. It's a starter. Where? Yeah.
1: Where on it is the bidet part?
2: It's like its stomach.
1: It's under it? Yeah. It's, on, it's, all, it's all on all fours. It's on all fours. Wait. And so it, then, like,
2: streams right. water.
1: Does it do the thing where it, like, gets on its back and it's like, oh, I'll rub my belly. Yeah, all the time. But then it's a bidet.
2: Yes, and it's very helpful. You often use this after you hang out with your, your purline. Yeah. You get both in one. This is, <laughs> I think this, is like, this
3: is, like, a tour into, like, the most nightmarish mythology <laughs> that I can imagine. It's, it's really... <laughs> It's really horrifying. All
1: right, Rob. So, what's yours? Where's your Pokemon? Yeah. What's your favorite Pokemon
3: you've developed? We need you've three.
2: Just... We need three starters.
3: Nope. Sorry. Not. I'm not. <laughs> I don't. I'm so, I do not have anything that's fucked up enough to contribute to Let this. Let him
2: us. No,
1: he didn't make us. He made our creations. <laughs> he
2: named our creations. Well, here's what True. I love: is
1: we actually have a brand new feature coming to Pokemon uh, Pearl, Lion, and wait, Start Fox. We just, do. There are only two starters. It's the first time ever. Oh, weird! Only have two starters. The third one is just an empty Pokeball. Inside, there just says Rob. Rob didn't (laughs) make me. (laughs) Rob didn't love me enough.
2: It's just Rob's face and the like Ghostbusters sign. Like nope, Uh none of this shit. Absento. That's the that's (sighs) Rob's Pokemon.
3: There's no shit because Uh the Perlion keeps Uh stealing it. Uh
2: How has your week been,
1: friends? (laughs) Real good. Yeah? I mean, it's better now. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, the words for humid include damp, dank. Dank. Moist. I would never say it's moist out. That's not a thing I'd say.
3: Though that is the grossest way to say it. I
1: don't know. I'm fucking so over people being caught up on moist.
2: They hate moist and they hate damp, right?
1: Yeah, there's other words like that where they're just like, yeah, Moist. My sister hated about milk things.
2: growing up. She thought it sounded terrible. Milk is a bad
1: word for what milk is.
2: Yeah. It should be more of a, like, milk with an E.
1: I don't like that either. I, I think know. it needs to be smoother. Because, like, yeah. for me, like, the defining quality of, like, a good
3: glass of milk is like, oh, wow,
1: there's, like, a smoothness, a silkiness to what
3: it. What
2: about, like, moosh? Huh. We're getting there?
3: Getting it's there, moosh? sort of. No, because Moosh is like that implies like a porridge type. Like it's a what? smooch. Like yeah, a, you're right. I was like just thinking this, like your moosh. your moosh is made with milk, moosh. but don't moosh.
1: ever say moo
3: juice.
2: You don't like again. your moo juice? I don't know.
3: Uh, that might
1: be the third starter.
3: Fuck that.
2: <laughs> the moo juice is definitely uh, the third starter. Yes. Sorry, Rob, Absento is done and Moo Juice <laughs> you is ill. The Pokemon that Rob never even brought to life. I killed the the like concept of no Pokemon. I just think milk.
1: As a word has like this hard edge to it at the end, and also has like that L K sound that can be kind of hard. Look, look, like yeah, uh, like ah no, that's not what I want to think about when I think of milk.
3: Milk
2: is a nice, smooth, creamy, yeah, totally substance.
1: Totally, yeah. That's why like coffee is coffee good. coffee is
2: such a good coffee. word. Coffee, yeah. Like, oh
1: yeah. Okay. Cool. <sighs> oppressive, soggy. Oppressive is like soggy. Only the only people who say oppressive make like two million dollars hundred and twenty years ago, when describing the weather, do you know what I mean? Like, it's oh, oppressive. I do say it is extremely <laughs> oppressive
2: out here. And they and they're fanning themselves. And when they like say, stepping That's on so other people oppressive. who they are literally
1: oppressing, <laughs> like <laughs> yes. stepping on the backs of their workers. Literally
2: oppressive. Soggy,
1: which just is going to make soggy's
2: good, but it's the, nasty. It's nasty. It's like soggy underwear. No, it's it's soggy swamp ass. I kind of like is.
1: swampy is also just a good blech.
2: yeah sticky. 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 My, my mom says sticky. Oh, she says like it's it's sticky, sticky out. out.
1: Yeah, stuffy. Stuffy to me is always about inside, yeah. Yeah, not outside. Like
2: almost musty. Yeah,
1: yeah. but like, a, but on a hot day where it's really humid inside, it can feel stuffy. I got to yeah. open a window. Yeah, but that to me makes it feel like, oh, this place just doesn't doesn't have like a good airflow situation. Yeah, not that it happens to outside. So it makes me be. think
2: of like colds, like stuffy nose. Yeah, it's no fun.
1: Sultry is interesting. Sultry is like mm. someone got in that fucking Making spin. It sexy factor. in there. Yeah, yeah, someone hired a, a PR person that's or a marketing. Some, that's person. some
3: Eugene yeah. O'Neill shit right there. Yeah, like, oh, right. <laughs> it's. Sultry in here, like um, in a few minutes, oh. things are going to get very real. Sultry.
1: Yeah. The thing that I like about that is that it does feel it does feel like some Eugene O'Neill shit, mm. um, and also feels like a sort of like PR spin on it. It's like, oh, it's not humid out. It's not soft It's not yeah. soggy. It's not muggy. It's
3: sultry. Oh, like, so it's like have this come I'm visit sultry the sultry South well. for yes. the quaint yes. manners and the sultry weather. That's exactly it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Where it's like, oh, there's something sexy about it, like you said. Yeah. Like it's,
2: yeah.
1: we're going through the rest of these, and then we're going to move on. It's a
2: hot night, sultry, up.
1: clammy, which is like the opposite. Oh. It's like the least sexy version Clammy's of it. So gross. Because clammy, almost the thing that's weird about clammy is it feels like it has the humidity, but not the heat.
2: A yes. little bit. Yes. Yeah, clammy skin is a is a term we yeah. use at, at, when certain things are wrong with a person in the medical field. Yeah. <laughs> we is there do you
1: like the medical definition of clammy?
2: It's it's like. Generally, it means what you would think. Like It's, it's just, like, moist and cool and pale, and right. Diaphoretic is, is another kind of... What was that one? Diaphoretic. Is
1: that another Pokemon?
2: Yes. Diaphoretic okay. is a... Yeah. It's a tree fox. Oh. Actual okay. Hybrid. Yeah. It's plant and that animal. That one actually sounds okay. Flora and fauna. Yeah, there's no, like, bathroom association with that one. Okay. You know.
1: I guess that's okay.
2: I, it's not as good.
1: Close is one of these... Uh, uh, synonyms. Close. Which I, that's interesting. It's close. I don't
2: like close to the sun.
1: I guess. Yeah, it is dampish, which feels no. You gotta to commit to something. In. You can't dampish. say the weather's dampish. dampish. Like it's you No, know,
3: say something, you goddamn coward. <laughs> like comment <laughs> oh. on the weather.
1: Miss me with that dampish bullshit uh, and mucky. Mucky's fine. Mucky's good. Mucky also feels old-timey. It is. When that, when that rich asshole was like, it's oppressive, the people who were stepping on was like, no, asshole, it's mucky.
2: Yeah, because their know. faces were in the muck exactly. as they were being stepped on. So exactly. it's really – it's rough. Yes. It's a rough one.
1: Outside of it being humid, <sighs> outside of it being uh, oppressive, yeah. outside of it being m- muggy. And how's not your, dampish. How's your week been?
2: Good, good. I played a lot of horror games this week. Small horror games.
1: Was that your like jam right now? Why? I, what's, I what's, guess what's it is. That in racing you games, small horror games.
2: I played a game called Peridium, which okay. was made for Adventure Jam, and that was like a very cool pixel art point and click sort of take on the thing it was, like an Arctic oh, science base where everything has gone horribly are you wrong. You by
1: yourself or are you with people?
2: Well, there are sort of people who are turned into weird things. Okay. So that's that was cool. Played that. I played I a game love it today. When people
1: get turned into weird things. I,
2: I do too. Well, I mean, I don't know if I would love it in real life, but I like it in fiction. Mm. In real life, it might actually scare me a little bit. I might be a little freaked out. Played a game called Pacific today. I wrote about that in Free Play, uh-huh. which is a first-person sort of exploration horror game where you're in this horrible bunker and you're sort of piecing together clues about what had happened. It's it's sort of a atomic apocalypse and that's kind of now, deal.
1: The the yes, article you wrote about that it? just
2: went up like an hour ago. Ish. Interesting. You know, if you're listening to this later on, then it went up many hours ago. But yeah, <laughs> the main game that I've actually been putting uh, more time into, it's a little bit beefier because uh-huh. uh, those two were, were sort of uh, shorter right. games, uh, is called The Town of Light. And this is a horror game. That it's making Austin sick already. I'm already just sick. hearing about it. Yeah. So it's based on an actual real life story and location in Tuscany. Yes. Uh, based on a sanatorium that was run by basically Italian fascists.
1: I believe that was like for years at least. Like yeah. at least at its maybe not at its start, but there was a period for which that was the case. right? Okay. Yeah. Um. I so I played that game back when it was super early and then barely touched it again. So I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on it. I played it when it was like in a – like the Boston Festival of Indie Games basically. And at the time I was like, oh, are we going to get like – are we going to get like the same really boring, shitty um, kind of – people who are in mental institutions are dangerous and scary and like this is like – that's the – that's what makes this spooky mental illness. And I, I, yeah. In fact, they're like, oh, no, actually, this place is fucked. And people who did deserve treatment and who needed treatment were instead, like, put into really terrible conditions. And killed. And, and killed. Yeah, and killed. It's it's
2: really, really yeah. messed up. It's definitely not bulletproof. In sure. That. It's definitely sure. playing on a sure. lot of the sort of, oh, spooky mental illness because there there is like an actual sort of horror element to it and it's not just a spooky oppressive place. Right. But I, I will read from you the, uh, the sort of... There's a screen at the beginning that is an attempt to address this mm-hmm. and it's definitely... Uh, you know, tran- I'm pretty sure it's translated from Italian. So. Yeah, I
1: think there were Italian devs yes. who
2: made this game. Yes, so, which is cool because yeah. it's actually an Italian setting and, you know, that's an, it's a real place. But the Town of Light is based on real events, places, and research concerning mental illness and the life of patients in lunatic asylums from the beginning of the 20th century until their closure. It contains stories which may be disturbing. The characters and names are fictitious and every any reference to people living or dead is purely coincidental. And then it says this game uses an artistic interpretation of a former Italian psychiatric institution for dramatic purposes. Please note that mental health services have radically improved around the world. If you think you have psychological problems, please speak to a local doctor or specialist. Okay. So it's again, it's not bulletproof in in its you know artistic interpretation of of illness, but at least it is somewhat aware. Tell us about this game. Like, so, so given yeah.
1: that back, like that background, what yes. is it? How does it? How does it play? What have you been doing? What yeah, sticks it's, out? It's,
2: uh, in terms of gameplay, it's fairly standard: uh, walking around, exploring, finding notes, finding photographs, finding sort of evidence. You're you're sort of tracking the the history of one particular patient, this one young okay. woman, and sort of her family. There was like a wealthy family, and they put her in this institution. There was a history of mental illness, and you're seeing all these these pictures. You're seeing all this propaganda from the the fascists, right. basically, and you you're hearing things as well, which is the more oh, it's it's the sort of horror uh, you're part. Like, you're, you're hearing like
1: like audio logs, but no, but more ghosts? like
2: they're just triggered. For, okay. There's not like audio logs okay. necessarily. I, I'm sure there are at some point, right. but like you know, you're hearing things that are like, is it a ghost? Is it her? Is it like an,
1: like echoes from the past? I think so. Or is yeah. someone talking to you.
2: I think it's echoes from the okay. past. I think it. Again, right. we're we're getting there. I'm only a couple hours in. I don't think it's a terribly long game, but I take my sweet time finding every little thing in games like this.
3: This is I how I play games. Yeah, it's exactly. how I play
2: pretty much everything, but especially a game where exploration and finding uh. all the shit is the point. It's interesting. What's particularly interesting to me is that it's set in Tuscany, which is one of the most beautiful places on right, earth, right. and you start the game out in this sort of like. Outside the institution itself with all these beautiful like beautiful foliage and it's sort of mm-hmm. fall looking, it's gorgeous. I've I've been to Tuscany, it's like unreal, beautiful, you feel like you're in a postcard every second. And then there's this ugly, horrible, dilapidated building mm. that's just oppressively kind of standing like, there. Like stands
1: out in the middle of what is otherwise this really gorgeous yes, area. yeah exactly. Totally. And, and so
2: you go in, You know, everything's sort of closed off. It's very much like, oh, you know, this is an abandoned building. And yeah. then you start kind of digging in and, and finding all the pieces. I'm definitely enjoying it thus far. There's some performance issues. I'm playing it out on Xbox One and I think maybe the frame rate is a little – stuttery and so it's it's giving me that sort of slight first person headache
1: even though you're playing on xbox one yeah oh wow so bummer
2: i don't know if that's what's going on with that so question for you frame rate thing but yes
3: so is it just like playing on the fact that this is sort of a horrible abusive old insane asylum or is it also dealing with the uh like italian historical context in which this thing is located like is Very the fact so. that, like, the fascists ran this place, like, kind of a key element to this experience? It
2: absolutely is. You see the posters. You see the sort of vaguely translated, you know, uh, propaganda that's right. sort of up on the walls and that sort of thing. It is actually translated. I just – I I know some Italians, so I'm trying to actually get through and read everything oh, really? and try to that's make sense of it. Which is an added element for me to have fun with right. because it's like, oh, I, I sort of half understand <laughs> right. all these signs and, and, and that sort of thing. Uh but yes, it is absolutely playing on that, and it's very sort of rooted in that. And they they're playing that up with all their sort of materials, saying like, "Oh, this is from the the, the fascist era. This is from this context. These people were brutalized not just because they were mentally ill, but because of this right. regime that was in charge that that had you know obviously no sympathy for you know the human element of illness and that sort of yeah. thing." So I, I find it very interesting. I'm going to keep. Digging. I'm really
1: curious about it. Like I am, yeah. I am pretty curious about what the like what that team's I like whenever I see projects like this, what I think is like, okay, what led you to decide that this is like the the most interesting way to explore this stuff? Yeah. Um specifically as like a horror game. Like um which isn't to say that like they shouldn't have done it. I'm not at all right, right. like I'm I'm really interested in this game. But I'm always interested in when people take something that had like this historical um, you know, fact behind it, this terrible history, and like, okay, how? where is, not the line, but like, what are the different ways that you can pull from that stuff? Because you've definitely seen versions of this where the, you treat it like really there's a version of this game that could have existed where it was like you go in there and then you start fighting like ghosts of, right. of the former patients of this right. asylum um, and like ooh, that, that would be like really shitty and there's the other end of it where it's just like a, basically a VR experience and it's like right. walk through this place and see it and like see what's really there and, It's a
2: museum and
1: like a museum yeah. side and like, there's all these other ways and I don't even think it's a spectrum between those two right. I think there's all these other ways that like you know they in that in that opening they say this game is inspired by a history yes. of t- treating uh, you know psychiatric patients in facilities, not just necessarily even this one like i 'm sure that there are parts of it that represent other instances yes. in psychiatric care care again in scare quotes in other you know places throughout the world throughout the last two hundred years um, and uh, there 's like all sorts of different ways to do it i 'm always just like I want these develop- I want developers to Talk more about yes. that stuff sometimes. Yes. Like, how did you figure this stuff out? Like, that stuff's just fascinating for me, for sure. I
2: agree. I agree completely.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm awesome. interested to see
2: how it how so it horror continues. Games,
1: basically, that's it. Yeah, Rob, how about you? Have you been Have you been doing spooky stuff this week?
3: Uh, I don't know if you would classify it as spooky, but like post E3, I definitely felt that need to. Uh, do something that was the equivalent of curling up with a good book and, like, yeah. retreating from the world. Uh, so I fired up. I finally got around to playing uh, Sherlock Holmes' Crime and Punishments, uh, which I've sort of had on my shelf for ages. And I just really wanted joint. to soak this up is, that, that era. This
1: is frog it Frogwares? Oh, like, yeah, the, of course. You know it okay. is. Okay. I, listen, I know that they love Sherlock Holmes and also Crime and Punishment. That's all I really know. <laughs> they about. like yeah. all of
2: that stuff. Fro-
1: and frogs,
2: I guess. And fro- I mean, who doesn't love frogs?
3: I haven't seen any evidence of frogs, though. Like, the, like I, there's a lot of cases they've covered. Not a single goddamn frog. Oh
0: no! But
3: um,
0: yet, not yet.
3: <laughs> not
1: yet. It's gonna be like the house thing where it's like yeah. eventually you're gonna get the one where it's frog lupus, and that's gonna it's gonna throw <laughs> the whole thing
2: right. Fro- yeah, it's always frog lupus. It's, I yeah. know. God,
3: that's it. Uh, so I started playing this game, and you know, it's it's got the classic uh, frog wears touches. It's a little What's awkwardly acted, stilted. Okay. Like, okay. It's, it, it's got some of that. But on the other hand... It's a hand,
2: frog view of how people interact. Right, I understand. Yeah,
3: it's totally. On the other hand, though, it's very lavish. Uh, you spend a lot of time just hanging out at 221B Baker Street. And it's... Uh, talk about Velvet okay. Rooms. Uh, that is <laughs> that is a posh Victorian bachelor pad uh, that you solve crimes in. Uh okay. So what, what could be better, uh, really, that than... Sounds- Good to me. Oh, yeah. You got a roaring fire, a big friendly hound dog uh, that's just like sleeping in the corner. Uh, You've got your lab, you've got tons of, uh, you know, research materials and equipment that you can sort of use to solve cases. And then you go around and you scrutinize crime scenes and people to like find their tells and then you make deductions. What I will say. Is In terms of production values, it feels like uh, with Crimes and Punishments... And there's actually a more recent one, I think. I think the most recent one is The Devil's Daughter. Uh, but they've gotten... The Frogwares games used to be really, really rough. Like, okay. super rough. And the most recent iterations, they're pretty polished. And like they look a lot better than they used to. They're, they're acted better than they used to be. And that's cool and charming, but at this I also feel like this one is accessible... Like they or they've made an effort to making it accessible that might be the wrong direction for a good, good Sherlock Holmes oh, game. Oh,
1: really? Oh,
3: in what ways? Okay, so I'm going to make a comparison here between this and one of the stronger entries in their series, uh, Sherlock Holmes and Jack the Ripper.
1: That was before this one.
3: Yeah, that was some years okay. ago. Okay.
1: Okay. How many of these have you played? Wait, is this? Are you secretly <laughs> the world's biggest Sherlock Holmes Frogwares fan?
3: He super is. No, but yeah? is this is. <laughs> I actually haven't played a ton is of Is your these.
1: Pokemon just a frog with a Sherlock Holmes hat?
3: <laughs> it is! My, my Pokemon is a, is a top hat and with a, with a magnifying glass sticking out okay. of
1: it. It was just like mean oh, yeah. to everyone in, in his life, and he's just kind of an asshole about how smart he is? Yeah, his name is, is Toria. Basically?
3: <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I'm not, the, I'm not the world's foremost authority on, on Frogwares games. However, uh, my girlfriend is a huge Sherlock Holmes fan. And has played a lot of these, and has like singled out the good ones for me, and so I have oh, a good picture of like what that series looks like, and like how it's developed. But then I've also played Jack the Ripper and this most recent one. Right. So Jack the Ripper is a real deduction game. Like there is some, and, and some of it's made tricky by uh, some of the interface issues. But like there is a lot of scrutinizing uh, crime scenes and picking together like really ambiguous clues. And then figuring out how they uh, can assemble to tell the story of, like, how a crime unfolded. Like, you're basically making deductions about, like, uh, the method of murder. uh, What exactly unfolded. Uh, You know, you're you're reconstructing crime scenes. With crimes and punishments, you're kind of just observing things until you get, like, a clue. And then... Um, Oh, and this this is important. The game has also been lightly poisoned and infected by that terrible BBC Sherlock series. Ah. You're not a fan of Moffat's take on the... I think that series got off to a good start, but... What do
1: people call Sherlock Holmes again? Like, the the old wit? The, the old wit? What do they call him? Like he, has a, he has, like, a nickname, right? <laughs> I like, like the uh, old wit. They call him... Um, <laughs> The the greatest detective ever in, in old London town or something? Sherry?
2: Sherry? The
3: world's greatest Sherry? detective, yeah. I think that's... that's no, I think that's no. Batman, I like the obviously. Old <laughs> the old wit. That's I what really like the old like that. Wit. The You've done it again, wit. <laughs> old wit, said that's, Watson. Uh,
1: it's, it's something like that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's where he always goes. He goes like, ah, it's a clue. That's the famous Sherlock Holmes quote.
3: Yes, and then, <laughs> so then he holds, put it,
1: put it, right, and then he holds it up. So they just put that right... he it Mario. Oh, sorry. It's a clue. It's a clue.
3: Right. Uh, yeah, actually, the the old Sherlock Holmes stories are basically on a par with like the original Resident Evil. Uh, to be honest, right. like, in terms of writing, uh, it's very similar. <laughs> sure. In fact, oh. uh, Sherlock Holmes in the Raccoon City was a was a very strange strange adventure.
1: Doctor Watson is the the master of lockpicking, so yeah, that's, he is. That's true. Yes. I mean, he uh, actually <laughs> really
3: is. So. so no, but the BBC series I think started started strongly and then became really shitty. And the big problem was, was twofold. One is that uh, Moffat can't actually design a mystery, uh, which which Conan Doyle could. And I like that we've
1: just pivoted here and just like let's just fucking dunk on Stephen Moffat. No, but that which series I'm really. I'm fine sucks. with. Like okay. like
3: I hate it so much. And the other Are you, thing how is, how do you feel?
1: Okay, keep going.
3: Every dramatic or like every dramatic or key character development moment. In that series turns out later to have been a lie like he plays everything for emotion and pathos and like the hint that things are about to change and then every time it's oh but actually through the magic of editing none of this was (laughs) real and it's like yeah congratulations you've you figured out that you have an editing bay and a fucking camera uh (laughs) go straight to hell
1: how do you? <laughs> is this how, I want to know more about how you feel about various yeah, this is good. Sherlock Holmes.
2: How, uh, about, how about the Lucy Lou and no, uh, Johnny Lee Miller? I, love I that like that really
1: show. Good. Actually.
3: Okay, really Really awesome. good.
2: That, like
1: that show has like one of my favorite Sherlock Holmes moments in it, which is Sherlock being told the to fuck off by what's the detective's? Marcus? Name? Marcus. That, not, Marcus by Marcus. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. It's,
3: the, yeah, I googled it too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's this amazing moment in that show. First of all, I think that the show is actually really It is. Decent. It's really good. He's yeah. an asshole and but it, I think that the show is, like, really warm and interested in mysteries um, and in, like, the joy of solving mysteries. Yeah,
2: and in the process of becoming good at solving mysteries, which is But there's this moment where Sherlock
1: does this bit where he's like, oh, Marcus, I'm very impressed by your wit. Like, I don't know what the police would have done without you. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, Sherlock, like, before you came around, there were just bodies piling up all through (laughs) New York. Police didn't solve a case for 15 years. (laughs) And, like, it's this really great moment. Like, yeah, you're a genius who solves weird bullshit we're like, oh, right, you, you knew that USB drives only worked on the left side of this building for some fucking stupid reason. You know, but people solve crimes all the time. Everybody is solving crimes in the police department. It's a very good moment. That's and scary. also, so, that character is
3: just great. Marcus has another really great moment, and it's actually related okay. to what we're talking about. There's this point where, where a case is unfolding near an old shuttered insane asylum. Yes. And Sherlock starts holding forth on, uh, it's so interesting we're out here. I wish we had time to visit it, uh, uh, this this institution was actually where the first there And he starts go, like doing his, like, I'm the most knowledgeable person in the world. You know, hear me speak. And Marcus just cuts him off, like, finishes the anecdote, like, explains the context of the institution. He's like, yeah, I know. I Googled it, too, before we came out here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's yeah, amazing. it was great. Which is also really interesting because... One of the things that's that we often talk about with genre story in general, especially when we talk about horror and, and also when we talk about mystery, is like what is the setting of the of this uh, story and how does that limit or change the ways in which characters interact with it, right? So like the classic example is in horror movies now, they always have to get rid of cell phones because cell phones completely change right. the drama. Or you sometimes see the flip, which is like cell phones become key to the horror in some yeah. way where it's about the, the – um, who is in control of the cell phone? Like Get Out, obviously there was this whole thing of like who is – is his phone charged? Um, or the other thing that can happen which is like the cell phone is the source of the terror. Someone else is tracking you by your cell phone yeah. or has access to your information or, or something like that. The thing that I love about about Elementary is that like um, I, I think it does a good job consistently of telling a Sherlock Holmes story that incorporates uh, modern-day like conveniences.
0: The number one financial destination, YahooFinance.com,
1: and in, and incorporates them into the mystery in a way that treats them realistically instead of trying to like cut them out. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's also, cool when people do one of the most smartly inclusive
3: shows I've ever seen. Um, yes, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it totally. like it deals with uh, you know things like addiction and gender like incredibly well. There's this moment where um, Watson is sort of on the tail end of. A relationship that was like good but not great, and then it's like falling apart. And Watson kind of, like Holmes, kind of offers up. He's like, "Are you sure?" Like, monogamy is for you. Like, <laughs> yeah. he in, not in any sort of judgmental tone no, no, or anything, no. but he's just no. like, "Nope." You know, are, like, you know, are you sure that the like you're not just trying to force something that isn't like true to who you are? And it becomes an interesting like conversation for those characters. Like, you know, where do we fit with all this? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so that's, that's, a good, that's a good Sherlock Holmes series. Uh,
1: Sorry, how is this Frogwares game? <laughs> okay,
3: no game. so it's doing the, the sort of BBC Sherlock thing of like, his intelligence is like a force of magic. And <laughs> oh, uh, you'll, you'll have like floating text kind of indicating <laughs> like, look, mm. a clue. And the way you assemble your deductions is just the stuff you observe now has become, boy, this is really hokey. You go okay, into I'm ready. the deduction interface, okay. and it's all a bunch of, like, floating, darkened neurons. Oh! That's
2: and every
3: time you sort of make a connection between two pieces of evidence, a neuron lights up. And it has two different ways you can interpret it. And then, as you assemble more clues, like, you start to see the connections, and the neurons oh. fire, and they build toward new conclusions, and then eventually once you're done, you're sort of ready to make your deduction and you, you sort of point the finger at who you think who you think what done it. And that's sort of the game. And then there's also some like mini games <laughs> okay. such as arm wrestling. Um <laughs> Is this is this sailor Wait, hardy so enough to have harpooned a dude straight through his chest into a wall? I Only see. one way to find out, and that's with an arm wrestling minigame.
1: But you're not trying to win the arm wrestling in that case, right? You're just trying to like challenge him to see how tough no, he you is. No, you've got to win
3: it.
2: That's not how it works. I know. It's really not. I
3: know. But until until Sherlock you've...
2: has to be superior both so the, physically and mentally to right. well, everybody else in the room. That
3: then feels like the Guy Ritchie version it of the of Sherlock Holmes. Game of Shadows so wasn't then, bad, by the way. I'm just going to say that.
2: Okay. I believe
1: you. I didn't see
3: it. Sure, yeah, it was good. It was
1: all
2: right. It was all right.
1: Okay. Don't look at me occasionally. Noomi face
2: is in it. That made me happy. I didn't. I'm not here know. to shit
1: talk whatever you the know. thing you just said was. All right. <laughs> was it called Game of Shadows? Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay, I'm making sure I'm, I'm
3: actually listening. Yeah, so it's so it's fine. It's got it's got like lots of fun Sherlock Holmes atmosphere, uh, you know, lots of you know crackling fires, uh, you know, gas lit rooms, uh, stormy rainy nights. Mm. But what it's lacking is the feeling that you really are sort of playing a Sherlock Holmes story in the way that I think other Frogwares games did succeed in like letting you inhabit that fantasy. And right. this one is more – against that BBC approach it's where it's like – a different fantasy. Yeah. It's like – Right? Very much so.
1: Because the fantasy of those previous games sounds like the fantasy – and for me, it's like the fantasy of Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective yeah. also, which I love, is like, oh, I want to solve a mystery. Yes. The fantasy, what it sounds like of the game you're describing is I want to be the person who solved a mystery. I want to be – I want to be the person who figured it out. I don't want to figure it out. The fantasy right, isn't figuring it out. out. Right, that's actually abstracted out. Right, exactly. The solving,
2: Which is a, the, the sort of cruft of the solving right. is actually like, that's fine.
1: That's who cares about the solving. Make sol- your neurons. Like, or I want to do some light version of the solving. Right. I want to do the – I want to do the bits where I draw a line from point A to point B yeah. but not necessarily – I don't want all those points all over the place. Yeah, I don't know. It's – it can be a bummer because we don't get a lot of games that give you that other type of mystery solving.
3: And they used no, to, no. and that's and that's the really frustrating thing is like, uh,
1: welcome to old gamers with a old, Z. Old gamers, we try to stay young. That's why you put that Z old in gamers there. Gamers Hour. Things used to be better when you could solve mysteries on your own without the brain node lighting up <laughs> and letting you know you got the clue right and the, all the arm wrestling. These days, mysteries are ah.
2: ah, it's too easy. I liked it when it was hard what's your favorite? no idea.
1: <laughs> what's your favorite not Sherlock Sherlock? Like what's your favorite house or your favorite Batman or your favorite like, oh, this is just – this is Sherlock Holmes. This is just Sherlock Holmes but twisted a little bit.
2: Well, it's not smart in that wonderful – puzzle solve way, but there is a game I, I truly love, and that's called Murdered Soul Suspect, and it has a whole okay. bunch of crime yeah. scene investigation. Okay. You're a from, ghost. From, from our neck of the woods. Yeah. From Salem, Massachusetts, okay. and you're exploring Salem as a ghost I, the reason it's awesome is not for the, the mystery solving. That stuff is yeah, pretty sure. standard. You know, you get your clues and you put them together and it's yeah. it's pretty simple. But, like, it has a lot of really great ghost stories in it. And you can, you can go around. You meet other ghosts. You figure out how they died and what happened to them. It's awesome. Everybody should play it. It's very underrated. Okay. It's I saw
1: someone play it and it looked okay.
2: It's, it's really fun. You should fun. do a little really piece
1: fun. on this or a, a guide to games I'm, or something. I already wrote
2: a guide to games. Oh, is this one
1: now. of the other guide to yeah. games we're talking about today? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Exactly. Right. Good. We'll see more about you talking about – Yeah,
2: I might. I might. You know. We'll see. We'll see. Who the could future. say? Who could say? That's a mystery. Also, to be clear,
1: I, I'm not saying what's your favorite detective. I think there's a difference here between oh, I agree. like – Okay. I want to make sure – This is my people, favorite people in the chat about were like about
2: mystery solving. People in
1: the chat were saying like, oh, like that's any TV show or like Deadly Premonition and I don't know that – I don't think that – uh, yeah. No. Uh, Agent York Morgan is actually a very Sherlock Holmesy character. He's like a very Dale Cooper right. character, but Dale Cooper isn't a very Sherlock Holmesy detective. Anyway, sorry. Ah. Yeah. No, I don't think he is. Robert, what about yours? I want to know.
3: I don't know. Like, I mean, um, like, I can go all day for like favorite versions of Holmes. Uh, the best one, obviously, is the Jeremy Brett uh, Granada Television uh, series. Yeah, sure. That's that. You know, that's the pinnacle. Um, are you sure
2: it's not Data in the Next Generation?
3: I don't like those episodes. No, I don't. I don't. Ah, uh, hmm.
2: I love them.
1: That's those episodes are interesting. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting to see him get a little smarmy anytime
3: yeah.
1: Data like is allowed to be like, "Oh, right, I'm the smartest one in the room." And yeah. playing Sherlock in those episodes lets him do it's, that. It's really cute. It's very good.
3: Absolutely. I will. Yeah. So an interesting. Like maybe maybe a series that does that deserves a little bit of a nod here. Is this um. Series starring Clive Owen from ages ago, uh, called Second Sight. Interesting, and that is a series where he is sort of a elite detective with sort of a Scotland Yard, uh, you know, special investigations unit. And in the very opening episode, he is diagnosed with um, oh god, what is it? It's progressive vision disorder uh, that eventually like leads to to blindness, Um, and it comes and goes. And he decides he's going to try to fake it. Like, he's like he's involved in high-risk situations, and right. he's increasingly, like, becoming vision-impaired, like, trending toward blindness, and he is trying to fake his way through his entire job. And so you've got two things happening. One is that he's trying to solve these cases, but then he's also, like, turning his deductive powers to try to help him replace his failing vision sense with, like... Uh, you know, like like to to find a way to live without that now, and okay. so it's like this sort of detective story on two levels as he's trying to like both solve these crimes and then use his abilities to uh, to navigate like adapt his life.
1: To right, that's interesting. I think my favorite is probably a cheat because it's only half of a Sherlock, um, but is also somebody who is pretending to, to be a thing, which is the Mentalist Patrick oh, yeah. Jane from the Mentalist. I think the Mentalist is like legit good TV. Is it? Like, yeah, dude, you should go watch The Mentalist. Um, it's, like, deeply charming, but more importantly, it blends Sherlock Holmes-style mystery-solving with the setting and stakes of um, film noir and hard detective drama. Oh. Like, that's a show that's all about the, you know, the country, the state, the county, the city, right? And, like, various factors at each level inter- interacting and, like, grappling over land rights and, like, who is backstabbing who and who is loyal to who. And, like, it's a California-based story. Sure. They they are, like, HQ'd in Sacramento. And so it's lots of, like, small-town sheriff does not want the fucking feds coming in. And they're positioned at this, like, middle area of, like – they're, like, the this kind of California-wide, like, the California Bureau of Investigation. Um, and then he's just, like – is the Sherlock Holmes character in that he is hyper perceptive and incredible at deducing things, and then also is the kind of hardboiled detective, like doesn't know when to you know, uses his smart mouth to get him into trouble so that he can find out more shit. Yeah. And also is just like a good liar who pretends to be a mentalist and a psychic. A lot of people are don't like that show because they like psych more and think that like it was ripping off psych. And I'm fine with them with saying like, oh yeah, I bet someone saw psych and was like, let's do that but less goofy.
3: Yeah, I thought Psych Psych. was like a musical comedy. It's
1: not a musical comedy. I think they've done musical episodes. Yeah, of either. course, they've done musical episode. It's 20. <laughs> who hasn't? Yeah. Who hasn't done a musical episode? At this. Legion has a lot of
2: musical.
1: Um, music. I yeah, I bounced hard off Psych, and then immediately fell into the Mentalist, and fucking loved it. So people should watch I, that.
3: I rejected the Mentalist because, like, I figured with that name, like, it just sounded like the worst CBS procedural ever. Where he's it, like, He's got the Mentalist. CBS CBS. He's he's got those powers. No,
1: no, because no, he's just a liar, right? Like, he's just like he was. He's like, uh, uh what was the dude who faked seances? I don't know if they ever. He never. John. something. John. Whatever. John,
2: it's not John Stewart, but it's like John. The dude. Who, it sounds like John Stewart. French not Stewart. John Stewart. French
1: Stewart. That's yeah. it.
2: French Stewart. <laughs> Princeton.
1: Uh, it, was, it was one of those guys. He's one of those. He was like, "Oh, I'll connect you to your to your dead relatives." Okay. And then and then basically insulted a serial killer, and it's like it is the terrible setup of like, oh, and then the serial killer killed his family. Obviously, yeah. and then for like seven seasons, he's trying to find the serial killer.
3: Wait, that's the setup. Yeah, for the dark mentalists. fucking shit,
1: dude. Yeah. It, and then like, let me tell you, the resolution on that stuff is not the thing you think it is. It's very good. John
2: Edwards. John yes.
1: Edwards. Thank it was you. like a very right kind of but English okay. sounding
2: name. Right. Yeah. Okay.
1: John Edwards, uh, but not the politician. <laughs> Right. Also, that's the yeah, other
2: I'm computer. thinking of John Edwards on the Sci-Fi Channel when Sci-Fi was going through that yes. horrible reboot. Yes. Also, yeah. so he's kind John
3: of a Edwards. compulsive liar, uh, if, we're, if we're being honest. Um, also <laughs> I mean, true. Not Fox. wrong. Not wrong. Yeah. So really, though, the show could, should have been called, like, The Fabulist, but then somebody at CBS was like, no, you can't make a show called The Fabulist. The sounds, mesmerist? sounds like a the fashion thing?
1: show. No, because he doesn't mesmerize people. All
2: right, he's reading.
1: He's reading. Than he's seeing the dead, and I he's communicating you. with the dead, and he's a psychic. He can read yeah. people's minds. Like, But he can't. He can't do any of that. They don't play it as if you can. It's very good. People should. That sounds rad. I don't actually, also has really good like stingers, like really good like oh, the God. musical like hits. Oh, it's oh. so good. Anyway, I think we should take a quick, 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 quick <laughs> dip in the question bucket. It's Friday, which means that we we go into the past. We yeah, dig into back. the questions from the before we time.
2: Intuit your questions right, right
1: with our eyes closed. With our eyes closed. Give <laughs> me a number. From one to a high number.
2: Rob. 43. It's yours.
1: 43. I almost said good year and then thought about it for a second.
3: <laughs> I'm not uh, sure. Yeah. I'm trying to think who that could have been a good year for.
2: Yeah. Okay. Maybe okay. Argentinian real bucks. estate agents. Yeah. <laughs> good.
1: This is from Alex, who okay. says, All right, Alex. with the release of The Last Guardian, it seems... <laughs> Like review scores are mixed because of bad controls and a poor camera system. <laughs> While most reviews praise the story, reviewers greatly vary on how much the actual game detracts from the rest of the experience. In other media, I don't think we would praise a piece of art for evoking emotions but being a bad representation of what the art is. For example, a blurry movie wouldn't be praised, and a CD that skips every few seconds wouldn't be considered good music. In both cases, I'm assuming issues aren't artistic intent. Why don't we always consider the medium with games? I've had a similar experience with playing The Last of Us. I loved the story, but had a number of glitches and issues with the gameplay. In the end, I just uh, just watched the cutscenes on YouTube and didn't feel a need to finish it myself. Shouldn't games strive to put gameplay first, or are we destined to play a medium that is increasingly trying to emulate something else. Film, uh, I think this is a really complicated question, it is. Um, and also makes a lot of assumptions about what is uh, analogous between different uh, forms of media.
2: Yeah, uh, and and I and I do think, of course, uh, just saying that there are instances where things being a little yes. broken or a little crappy is is a actual artistic decision, and it's actually kind of great.
1: Right. You know, Sometimes, there's yeah. there's
2: a few you know sort of sterling or, gold or, examples of that. What, uh,
1: like what comes to mind for you?
2: Oh God. Uh, it's not. I don't know why I can't think of the name of it. The Agent Dale Cooper game. The game.
1: Oh, uh, deadly premonition. Yes, deadly
2: premonition is, yeah. is sort of like the, the shining example yeah. of that. Or, or a lot of things that are sort of emulating the PS one era. There's a lot of like tiny horror games on Itchio that are like 3D and they and they kind of look like crap. And that's the point. Like, it's right, the point right, right. is to evoke a lot of, of those older well, games. And, and also, kind of for
1: what it's worth, I, I do want to say that we do judge film and books we like do. this. Yeah. It's just that we don't talk about them glitching. I mean, you you would judge a film if it came out and the camera was out of focus or the boom mic dropped into frame. That doesn't happen as often.
2: But there's also, like, this was just not artistically shot. Right, Like, something like The King's Speech looks like, It it looks like shit to me. It's the most boringly framed movie ever. And I I couldn't understand why that wasn't more of a criticism. A lot of
1: people who watch film, a lot of people who write into us, watch movies the way most of the world plays games. Sure, They take out their phone every now and then and they play Crazy Taxi Gazillionaire. And that game is really cool, by the way. Uh, Or they they occasionally will play uh, a a Halo game that comes out because they've always played the Halo games. Or they'll play NBA 2K, whatever, because they follow the NBA and love those games and don't have the lexicon that that people like Alex who's written into us do with games because they're not it's not their main mode of right. of kind of entertainment but if you watch film a lot you develop an aesthetic sense yeah. for Things that, that are similar to bad gameplay controls, which is like, ah, this is just like a really shitty shot. Oh, the that pant. That, like, this is people who, who have watched a lot of action movies can tell you, like, the clear difference between a Michael Bay action sequence uh, and something that would appear in something like John Wick or something that was like Ang Bok. Like, there, there are different yes. styles of shooting action in film that you only know because you've developed uh, a relationship with the. You can see film. the bad cuts. You can, you can see, can the, bad see
2: cuts. the boring takes. Right. You can see you, exactly. blemishes. And that's basically. the
1: same for, yeah. for music. That's the same for, for writing. Like pacing in novels is really hard to do right. Um, and if you've read a lot of novels and have studied it and have yeah. done your own writing inside of that space, you can tell when a novel has been poorly paced. Like that's not a thing that you miss. Uh, and, and it feels to me often the same as, oh, this isn't controlling right. I, yes. don't, I don't know that those two are exactly analogous, but they're similar. You can make that, that similar thing, which is like, oh, I really like the plot of this book but like the pacing is just killing me yeah. or like oh the prose is just like it's just so clunky or exactly clunky or like it's so dampish. long-winded. it's dampish yes <laughs> it's 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 uh uh oppressive yeah. which well, is a thing that you can say right like yes. I, you can you can say like you know i i really liked uh, reading the road and like couldn't get through blood meridian and i don't think that blood meridian is a bad book but the prose there felt felt to me um clunky is the wrong word for it but like um, I just had a hard time finding my flow in a very similar way to when I'm playing uh, an action game that requires a certain sort of flow that like – that I'm just like not capable of hitting or something yeah. like that. Or like playing like Project Cars, a racing game that like has really, really realistic controls and demands from you in the same way that certain books can demand a certain level of like I need to stay with this fucking sentence. It's thirty sentence. It's like 30 <laughs> lines long. I need to stay with it. I can't forget what the first five focus. words were. I have to yeah. Focus um that stuff that stuff happens and so so that would be my my main thing uh with regard to this rob do you have any thoughts
3: i think it really varies from game to game like i think where where this breaks down a little bit is actually maybe it doesn't break down at all like like games like any other art form can be pursuing a lot of different ends like yeah. game like some games like if you're if you're analogizing analogizing games to music for instance some games are trying to be opera, where the music right. is not necessarily the entire point. Like, there's elements yeah. of dance and uh, writing like sort of mixed in there a- as well. And you could sort of point at any one of those elements and be like, well, it's not actually really great at this. It's like missing out right. on the purity of-, of dance. But the point is to try to combine all these elements, and some will be stronger than others. And it's kind of about the the effect that combination produces in you. And I think that's where a game like The Last Guardian is sort of coming from, it's, it's not a 3D platformer where the entire thing is just how well do you navigate these characters right. through the space. It's, it's about what that experience elicits and how you relate to it. And it's a little bit reductive to say, like, well, what about the gameplay?
1: Right. I guess in that, in that, to that point, like, when, when, Alex, you write that, you know, shouldn't games strive to put gameplay first? No. There's no reason that game games should think about gameplay like that is definitely a thing that you can do as a game maker is to think about what also what are we talking about when we say gameplay that's like a very contested right. space and, and field like what that's like your goals? What, are you, what are your goals what are your goals what are you trying to what achieve trying with to this make? with this piece and it's yeah. sometimes it is like you just said Rob like a really. Tight platformer where like every jump feels really good. Um, and other times it's some other sense, it's something else, right? Yeah. I mean, this is something you teach a lot. Like, experience, experience goals, goals, right? Like, that's your, your go to. Every week, please. <laughs> every week. I-, I mean that. Like, I think that that's a, a, a <laughs> totally good way to think about what um, a developer is trying to achieve, right?
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: I'm, it works for me. For people who, ha- who maybe missed those episodes because oh, sure. that was like 40 episodes. Yeah,
2: yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, like, one of the most basic things when I teach very, very Entry-level game design classes is every every decision you make, whether to put something in or take something out, to test something, et cetera, et cetera, is to – does this further the emotional or sort of physical experience you want your player to have? Like everything should be – what is the goal? Do you want to scare your player? Do you want to make them laugh? Do you want to make them feel powerful? Do you want to make them feel disempowered? Like everything should support that you know sort of high-level goal (coughs) and that's a player experience goal. Yeah,
1: I think that works. I think that that, that is like as good of, of a paradigm as as any to, to think about games in a more holistic sense that doesn't only prize some element over the other. Or, right? or
2: just fun. Right, fun or just plan. fun. The exactly. thing that needs nothing. Which yeah. is an
1: empty <laughs> phrase, right? There has been this Ebert quote going around Twitter. Did you see the Gamera Ebert mm. quote going around? Uh, I'll just read it because I think that there's something interesting here in, in relation to what we're talking about. He, he writes, um, there's a learning process that moviegoers go through. They begin in childhood without sophistication or much taste. And for example, like Gamera more than Air Force One because flying turtles are obviously more entertaining than United States presidents. Then they grow older and develop taste. Uh, in quotes, and prefer Air Force One, which is better made and has big stars and a more plausible plot. Isn't it more believable, after all, that a president can single-handedly wipe out a plane load of terrorists than a giant turtle could spit gobs of flame? (laughs) Then, if they continue to grow older and wiser, they complete the circle and return to Gamera again, realizing that while both movies are preposterous, the turtle movie has the charm of utter goofiness, and in an age of flawless special effects, it is somehow more fun to watch flawed ones. And I think that, like, that is the – that's that third step that I'm waiting to get to. I feel like we are so deep on that second step right yeah. now. I've spoken a lot about my personal taste about uh, like the Naughty Dog school of storytelling and games, the sort of like super well done, super cinema, uh you know, well well shot, yeah. uh, very like – Influenced by a certain style of, of cinema, and and to Alex's point, like this is part of what he talks about, where he says like I ran into problems with the Last of Us, you know. Obviously, I, I've also spoken about my ups and downs with the Last of Us, my ups and downs with the Uncharted series, and I want gaming in general to move to that third place, which is not just the cinematography gets better, and it's not just. Every game is focused first and foremost on quote unquote the gameplay. It's where we can think about, like, okay, what is the thing that we're hitting really well here? What is the thing that's charming about yeah. what we want to make? And, you know, what is the effect we want to have? I feel so. like Doom
2: was a flash of that. Totally. A flash. Not all, a really way, good, not all the way. Not right, all right, the way to the third can you speak step, more about but that? it was well just that it embraced the charming things about yeah. it it embraced the goofiness it embraced the sort of spirit of of the 1993 92 93 whatever yeah. the original games that were absolutely about speed and a right. goofy demon doing a goofy thing and being like no 100% we're going to we're going to hearts on our sleeves we're going to embrace all of totally. this instead of being like very self-serious about it or very like oh no we are this is our grander ambition it's like no we're going to we're going to really <laughs> dive in on what's fun about this, what's enjoyable about this. Mm-hmm. And they went with that player experience goal. I'll keep saying it.
3: And and
1: it worked.
2: And it worked. I th- I think I really worked.
3: like that cuz like cuz Doom 3 is very much that second step of like yes. this needs to exactly. be polished and plausible. Like it's how serious. do the demons it's get to the Martian game. base? <laughs> well, it turns yes. out there was this corporation doing lots of lab work and trust <laughs> us, this is all going to make sense. Hell is real and right. it's it's come to the Martian base and it's I actually like doom three a lot more than a lot of other people, but it is this like sort of self-serious muggy slog. Uh, Like, and (laughs) yeah, do or muddy? Both.
2: Okay.
3: (laughs) And and doom kind of, and and, and new doom kind of shit cans all that. And it's like, actually it's, it's more fun to sort of nod at the pointlessness of trying to explain all this and just get to that experience.
2: (laughs) And hell, hell energy. All right, also, we're gonna hell, use hell, yeah, hell energy. energy. Fuck okay, it, man. let's just totally. do it. Let's just go with it.
3: Uh, I
1: have another thing to say. and I'm gonna bounce off of the thing that Dixavid says in the chat. Um, wouldn't the success of player stories in in PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds and Zelda, in contrast with Gone Home and Dear Esther, represent that shift? I think that's like a very zoomed in look at the last five to six years of games that like. The only way you can make that comparison is by ignoring a billion other super successful things. Again, like The Last of Us, like the the uh, other Naughty Dog games, sure. like Uncharted, you know, three and um, four, um, and also ignore other things that are happening that were already happening in that player driven story stuff around like the Far Cry series, around roguelikes, around a billion other things that were already doing both of those things. Yeah. Um, but you know what I would say is at the end of the day. I don't know that that third step for us is just a return to goofiness. It's a return to – that childlike wonder that says, wow, what can games do? Instead of this, like, diehard devotion to, and now we must be, we must reach the pinnacle of our art. Um, and in that way, I think I'm, I am aligned with Alex, who wrote in, and, who, who doesn't want us to just focus on v- telling Hollywood stories, but I don't think the solution to that is the shooting should be good. I think we should keep telling Hollywood-style stories with games. We should also keep doing all these other things. Yes. I think that the the hobby is big enough, because, like, Film is big enough. F- novels are big enough. Music is big enough. Like pop music I, – I went all through a long period of my life where I hated pop music because <laughs> I was that person. I think a lot of people went through that phase. Sure. And then I was like, oh, like having less pop music that I don't like in this world. First of all, there's lots of really good pop music. Second of all, lots of pop music loops back in and influences the sort of music I did like. Third, uh, you know, having a pop star does not take away from my ability to also listen to other stuff. Exactly. I think that that's yeah. – hopefully becoming more and more the the way things are in gaming um, as as there are more and more uh, places to buy and support developers who do, are not working that stuff.
2: Do you think our brains just do this thing where it's like, oh, because all all things, or most things about human psychology are devoted to, oh, there's limited resources, how do right. I get mine? Right. We do this with entertainment fields that are not necessarily, yeah, I know maybe. in a capitalist society, nothing is completely free, but something we'll like ideas or something like stylistic yeah. you know, movements, do you think we just do this even though it's unnecessary
1: i don't know that it, i let me like walk back what i just said okay. a second ago no not no, no it's back, cool like I an just, alternative you know. perspective is if i needed to make that argument not a devil's advocate argument i think that there's actually value in this argument yeah
2: yeah for which sure. is
1: to some degree there are limited resources sure. when i look at what was put on stage especially E3, with anything with a budget totally you know? right <laughs> yeah um, when i look at what was put on stage at D 3 I think there was a great range uh, and variety of, of the types of games that were there. I also think with the exception of a brief you know, blip in, in the Xbox uh, briefing, they were all AAA, big budget yeah. games where millions and millions and millions of dollars went into them. Even some of the indie games that were on stage at the, the Microsoft the one indies, are, are big yeah. indies, right? Quite uh, quite. Whatever you want to call it. And so the – the thing there is like I – maybe there is the case that the reason that someone gets upset about that stuff or gets invested and does feel like, no, there's, we need to – is because there are creators and there are styles of, of art that don't get a – that don't have the same access to – They don't get the spotlight. They don't get the yeah. – not, not only the spotlight. Like maybe those people won't get to make rent and keep making things like this. Right. right? right. The spotlight is not a goal. The spotlight is another tool by which – you can see the sort of thing that you like in the world continue to to exist. Music and film are in a place now where I don't know that I ever will risk that. Like I will always get to go onto a website and hit what is the what are the new jazz albums coming out. I'm not saying that jazz is in like the highest highs it's ever been. Like Jazz is not the pop music of the world anymore. Um, I will always be able to listen to like interesting hip-hop at this point. I will always be able to listen – like what's happening in shoegaze in 2017? Sure. Shoegaze still exists somehow in 2017 and it's fucking good and like that music is at this point – Not sustaining because what actually happens is like my favorite bands exist for three or four years and then they stop existing and then another band comes in and takes that spot and tries to have their run at it. I don't know that games are there quite yet, but it feels like we're getting there in that respect. We're like we do get projects that show up and, and creators who show up for three or four years make some really interesting stuff. And then when they if they do leave or decide to stop making games or take a break, other people are making similar enough things that I'm I feel kind of you know, sated. I guess. So, yeah. People don't know what shoe gaze is. People should fucking listen to some dope shoe gaze. Please, please listen to to good shoe gaze. It's when
2: you. It's it's like the male gaze.
1: It's. But when you but only when stare you, at your shoes, that's literally where that term came I mean, from. Have you ever <laughs> seen a Quentin Tarantino movie? It's like that. It's,
2: it's a lot. it's a lot like that. Have you ever seen a movie? Uh, I don't Japanese know. If you've seen that piece is
1: really strong about right now. Quentin Tarantino Gamer Tarantino
2: movies and men. That's a really good piece. It's that a good was, piece. Uh, where was that? All I know is that Dory retweeted where it. Where was it? Oh, it was, was on, it, on it was on
1: no, it was on McSweeney's.
2: Oh, McSweeney's. You should okay. look up the,
1: the all the dudes I've dated who are experts in Quentin, Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino
2: movies. A it's a great article. Everyone should read it. All right,
1: I think it's going to do it for us this week. I'm Austin Walker. You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Danielle?
2: Danielle RI on Twitter.
1: Uh, and you, Rob?
3: At Rob Zachney.
1: People can find Tim Barnes, our, our podcast producer, at Tim Barnes 451 on Twitter. Natalie, what is your, what is your Twitter handle? At Natalie Watson for our, for our great live stream producer standing in for our normal uh, uh, producer. You can find everything we do on Twitter at twitter.com slash waypoint, facebook.com slash waypoint youtube.com slash waypoint Check the site later today. I have a really long interview with Reggie Fezeman. Yeah. Reggie, fill me, uh, going up. <laughs> Uh, sometime, sometime in the next couple of hours. Awesome. Uh, there's a little bit of a video component to it, but mostly it's just like this super long. Kind of, I don't want to say we get heated, but we like we. There's some contentious stuff get there about fan creations bit. and about some other kind of Nintendo practices. So, so look forward to that. Uh, other than that, I want everyone to have a good weekend. It's it's try to stay cool and not muggy or humid or moist or yeah. oppressed. Don't say oppressed if you can fucking help it. Yeah. Whatever you do. Stay away
2: from that one.
1: Don't don't be <laughs> you oppressed. You don't want that one. I know it's not your fault if you are. Sometimes the world just puts you in that position. But if you can get out from under it, let me tell you. Try. Do it. All right. What is it that we uh, we tell them, Dan? Well, I'm
2: going to say two things this week. Okay. I'm going to say happy pride, New York City.
1: True. One. And then I'm going to say. Wait. I have to say another thing, which is if you want to hear more from Boen, who's letting us use his great song, Miss You, off the EP Pal Machine, you can go to slash Perfect. What's the third thing?
2: Third thing? Be good or be good at it.
1: All right. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?